Welcome to Fit Mind Fit Body, the podcast where we dive into the synergy between running, mindfulness, and living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Michelle Frost, coming to you with an energy pack series that's as nuts as it is inspiring. We're about to embark on a journey with some incredible individuals who've taken up the Gone Nuts 101 challenge. In fact, I think I've heard it's 103 kilometers. And that's right, it's 103 kilometers of Tasmania's breathtaking trails that will test the limits of their bodies and their minds. In this series, you'll be meeting a few of the brave souls taking on this epic adventure. We'll check in with them monthly, getting the lowdown on all their training, the ups and the downs, and all of the in-betweens. And of course, we'll wrap it all up with a post-race celebration episode, where we'll hear all the war stories and the triumphs from the finish line. So lace up your sneakers and pop in your earbuds. And let's get ready to go nuts. In this episode, we're talking to Anna Spears, finding out a little bit more about her and why she's taking on the Gone Nuts Challenge. Today on Fit My Fit Body, we are getting back into the last introduction for the Gone Nuts series that we've embarked on this week. Um, Anna, Anna Spears, hello. Hello. Thanks so for having nice me. So nice yeah, to meet you. you. Too. I just worked out, um, I thought you were going to be from Tassie because everyone else that we've got in this series is from Tassie, but you're not. Where are you from? I am from Perth, living in Broome, so North Western Australia. What? I'm sitting here in a singlet you must be feeling at home. like I know. I was about to say, that doesn't look like Tassie. No. Uh, clothing at all um no I couldn't be further from Tassie climate it's flat and hot up here so I've been um, to Broome it's the most beautiful place I love it is lovely yeah hard to get to but it's beautiful and very sweaty at the moment wow have you where did you actually grow up did you grow up in Uh, Perth down in Perth yeah Perth is home all my family's still there but sort of been jumping around the spot for the last 10 years or so and ended up in Broome wow And, and mostly around Western Australia no, uh, lived in Adelaide, lived in New South Wales, lived overseas sort of for a little bit, um, back to WA and then back up to Rome. Wow. And so, okay, so when you were at school, were you very sporty? Did you like sport? I did, yes. Sport was my my thing. I wasn't, wasn't too bad at the academia side of things, but sport was definitely my, uh, my go-to. And did you run much in your sport? I was a sprinter, so nothing past 200 metres, definitely nothing past 200 metres. <laughs> when, when you left school, did you go to uni or what did you do for work? I did. Uh, I studied in Frio down in Perth, um, yep. so studied physio. Uh, so yep. I guess there was still that sport link there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then just been working as a physio for the last 10 years or so. And when you were at uni, did you continue your sport at the same level as when you were just in high school? I did, though I switched track running to more surf life-saving beach sprinting um, versus so running on sand versus running on the track. And I guess most of them, my sports became a little bit more social versus as competitive. So still played hockey, but more in the social side of things, touch footy, that sort of stuff. Were your family very sporty? I think they like to claim they were, whether they were. (laughs) No, we we always are very active as a family, um, but... Like sporty per se, maybe 
Yeah, no, no, I'll give them that. I'll give them yeah. that. Pretty outdoorsy, yeah. yeah, active people. Yeah, and, you know, holidays were camping and things like that. So always been pretty active and the extended family are always quite good um, sports people as well. Okay. And if you reflect back to your uni days when things feel pretty full on because you're always like the study thing, they're, they're always something in the back of your head that you've got to get done or this assignment or you're studying for exams and stuff. You can tell that I've got children in university and uh, <laughs> and, and can reflect on my time. Um, did you find that the sport that you did now on reflection was supportive of your academic endeavours at all? I don't know if I would say sport or just movement. So mm. I would rather than like, I would have, gone for a swim, um, gone down to the beach, maybe had a surf, um, yeah. taken the dog for a walk. So I wouldn't say sport as a, like an organized sort of thing. An organized mm. thing, but more of just moving the body, whatever that looked like for me at the time. That would have been my distraction or my time to sort of reflect and break away from the the textbooks. Yeah. Cause it, we talk a bit on the podcast about how, you know, the studies have shown and you would know that because you're academically inside <laughs> that kind of environment <laughs> as well in as a physio. That um that when you get out and you're active, it actually improves your ability to concentrate and to do all the things that you need to do when you're at university. Yeah, That's, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you went off and travelled around with your physio. What did your um movement slash exercise regimes look like while you were off travelling around? Well, so I did three four years working in Japan as a physio, so on the ski slopes. Oh, yeah. uh, so. My movement then during work was going for a ride, snowboarding, um, go back and do some work, go back for another ride. Um, so I did Western that. Western Australia to the ski slopes of Japan. It's seems... actually, it's quite close. It's just quite... straight up, not too far from Broome. <laughs> so it might be close geographically, but it seems almost ah, yes, yes, completely yes. <laughs> different environment. Yeah, we don't have snow in WA. We don't no. barely have cold weather. <laughs> right. Wow, that must have been quite interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that was the hands down best job I've ever had. It was um, lifestyle wise, amazing. Uh, Being able to work, see some pretty gruesome, but amazing injuries uh, from people coming in, then being able to go riding every day. It was, yeah, dream. So I did it for four years. Amazing. Why did you stop? Uh, Visas. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, So after that, what happened then with your work slash exercise regimes? Work slash exercise. Um, I guess for physio, you're always pretty active and I've done most of my career as private practice. So that's yeah. on your feet, working with people, doing the gym, rehab, uh, that sort of stuff. So a lot of kind of felt like my work was my exercise for a while mm. as well. And having that gym always attached to where I worked, you know, you could do some strength based yeah. there. I've done surf club my whole life. So mm-hmm. Most Sundays have been down um, at the beach, either patrolling or doing the club swim, um, doing a run, uh, never far, (laughs) Uh, whatever it was, taking the boards out, going for a surf, (laughs) lots of incidental exercise. Again, what I'd say as I was working, it was more going for a surf, maybe a hike. Um, I do a lot of diving. So that side of fitness, again, versus sport in the more traditional sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in many cases, running, I mean, this is what the podcast is about, um, is because it's such an individual sport and something you can do without it being an organised yeah, sport. Yeah. It's kind of a bit like that too, I think. I That's still, how I've said it. Mm. Yeah. I never ran though. 
So maybe again, with surf club, it was, so flags is 30 meters. So yeah. I was training for a 30 meter race and nice. it's a 90 meter sprint. So if I was, I did surf club, yeah, the last 10 years, but that would be training or running training, but yeah, 80 meter sprints or repeats or whatever. Never, I would never have gone for a run for fitness or enjoyment, yeah. um, maybe a walk, but running just, no, if it's past 200 meters, I wasn't doing it. Well, before we get into how that changed, um, <laughs> Well, I wanted to ask quickly, what kind of physio are you? What what sort of things do you specialise in or do you? Um, at the moment, and it's funny because it's something that I've avoided my whole career and I've started it, kind of fell into it this year and have loved it and I don't think I'll ever leave it, is um, a lot of kids and disabilities. So at the oh, moment yeah. I'm doing predominantly NDIS um, yeah. and have a caseload that's sort of half kids um, and yeah. then half adults, so post-stroke rehab, um, yeah you know, and kids, it's um, a bit more of that developmental delay or um, mm-hmm. CP, cerebral palsy, whatever. Uh, yep. So working in that department, which I'm what loving. Do you, what do you like, like about it? Yeah. What do you um, like? <laughs> I think it's kind of because what I hated about private practice is that a lot of people coming in expecting me to be able to fix them in 30 minutes, not wanting to put in the work, uh, wanting a a quick fix or a pain relief um, option that and there's no accountability whilst someone who's had a life altering stroke they know that they have to do the work there's nothing yeah. I can do besides give them I guess the tools to to help their rehabilitation it's it's all up to them yeah. so they already have that mostly that motivation um because mm. I was just getting frustrated with people coming in and sort of like have you done your exercises you know have you done that that I gave you and they're like no and it's not better and then being like just like, how are you surprised? <laughs> what do you think I could do? If I could wave my magic wand and you'd be fixed, man, I should be paid way more. But yeah, it doesn't work like that. Uh, and with with kids, they're just they're fun, and it's it's not even rehab for them. It's organized play, and you know, it's it's great. And same as adults, they're they're motivated. They want to do the work. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I just lost a bit of that passion with finding motivation for people because yeah. no one was coming in with it, and they just expected the results mm. without any of the work. So they'd given up I gave up so then I and then I fell into this and I'm loving it it's great that's awesome I love that too (laughs) it it did make me think I've got a little hamstring thing at the moment and my physio gave me lots of listen to your physio (laughs) and I've been really good and then I felt really bad last week because I missed one day and I told him about it and he said oh no that's fine one day's okay exactly yeah (laughs) no again and it's not going to be one session that makes and it's not going to be one session that breaks it but yeah as long as you're consistently doing something and working towards the goal but a lot of people weren't and I was I was over it funny isn't it I I do remember though being that person going to the physio years ago and not doing all those exercises maybe you were the ones that broke me I think I broke you I'm sorry yeah (laughs) forgive me but I wouldn't break you now I'm a little bit more conscious I think it's because I've got a scary goal which is what we're here to talk about today and I you know the idea of not um you know not being able to do that run or you know all this injury flaring up when I really get super serious about my training then yeah that's horrible so so my why, I guess, is what I'm saying, is really strong right now. So I don't want to let not just the physio down. Plus, they can see it in the app when I click it, Absolutely. and I'm not very I, accountability. <laughs> I won't tick. Yes, I did it if I didn't because I'm a goody two shoes. So it's kind of yeah, it works well for me. Those sort of things. I would have been a good kid with the star charts, <laughs> <laughs> the reward system. Uh, yeah, I give a lot exactly. of my kids that the little yeah. star chart, good job chart. Yep, I love it. Well, you should put maybe work on that with the adults as well. That are a bit more yeah. resistant. 
Yeah, yeah. I wonder what's what's more motivating for an adult yeah. star chart or something else. Yeah, well, star chart works for me. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right. So we've worked out where you came from, where you grew up, the kind of cool, some of the cool things you've done as a young adult. Um, moving into now your uh, into your thirties now. Are you uh, thirty three? Yeah, thirty three. Um, and now here we are talking about an ultra distance. <laughs> trail run like not just any ultra distance like you can do 45 kilometers and call that an ultra distance um but this isn't 45 kilometers it's 103 don't let anyone tell you it's I, I thought it was a, I thought it was 101 I've that, got a good it. authority that it's 103 I'm quitting I'm out but, um, <laughs> um, in saying that who knows maybe you'll do like 105 I don't know um oh. <laughs> how is it possible get for there? me to get lost <laughs> I don't ask me <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, how did we get from Anna, who loved to do the eighty meter sprints on the beach, <laughs> to Anna signing up for a hundred and one kilometer ultra trail? Yeah, race? I often ask myself that question, and I blame two people and a book in particular. Oh. Yeah, so I moved to Broome, like I said, start of last year, and didn't know anyone I moved with my partner but you know we didn't have any friends or family up here and we thought one of the ways to meet some people was to join the the hospital had a, a run club so mm-hmm. you'd run Friday mornings 5 30 15 minutes turn around 15 minutes back yeah. go for coffee afterwards and I was Beautiful. like sounds good can manage that so started doing that every Friday last year and absolutely hated it I <laughs> I I bet you like the coffee. Awful. I liked the coffee. I'd complain the whole time. Um, it was sweaty. It was awful. Uh, you couldn't swim afterwards because there was crocodiles in the area of Kanji in the water. The water was 30-something degrees, so it wasn't refreshing for most of the year. Um, and, yeah, complained the whole time. And then come maybe April this year, um, I – oh, sorry, in that time I'd met a lovely girl called Sarah Ludoisi, who's an – absolute gun of an ultra marathon runner mm. and every Friday seeing her she would be peppy and happy to run and talking about the beautiful wonders of running and moving your body and I was like this woman is mad uh, but became a really good friend and then April last year she ran a no this year so I think she ran a race and her partner wrote a quote um, that said how fortunate are we to be able to choose our own discomfort and yeah. I'm not someone that often or how yeah how privileged we are to be able to choose our own discomfort and I'm not someone that gets quite affected by quotes but that was yeah. one that absolutely stuck with me and with everything that goes on in the world at the moment and that was just I was like, how ridiculous that I, here I am running 5Ks and complaining about it every week when I've chosen to do that. I have the option to sit and do nothing. And isn't that wild? Uh, so that stuck with me. And then the persistence of Sarah in my ear every <laughs> every Friday saying, isn't running amazing? Isn't it cool? Uh, you should do it. It's amazing to move our bodies. Um I was like, yeah, true, it is. What's something that I can do that makes me incredibly just uncomfortable? And what's a new goal? And running 101 kilometres seemed as bad as outrageous as it got. It's 403 kilometres, apparently. <laughs> such, it's just such a stretch. We've gone well, from thought... 80 metres to, um, <laughs> you know, in my brain, you know, because I, I started when I was, uh, well, I ran as a child but then started running when I was um, like 26 or something when I had one of my children and had got to a hundred kilos almost when I had her and I was like 26 
And I thought, mm, I should get that running thing going again. And here am I, you know, almost 30 years later, still running. And it's taken me this long to get to 101. That's okay. <laughs> go big or go home. That's my, I guess that's Whoa. our motto that sticks with me. <laughs> but my thoughts were that if I had, to, if I ran a marathon, I would, I would have to run like a sub four. I'd have to train really hard for that. Yeah. And I'd have to do a great time. Oh, and don't do that. Also, the way that Sarah described ultras to me is that you run for a bit and then have a picnic and then you run for a bit and have another picnic. And I was like, you know what? That sounds really doable. (laughs) So here I am now running for a bit and having some picnics every week. How did you find, like as you even said, you're about as far away from Tasmania as you can be in Australia, right, without being in another country. How did you find this race? Uh, I think it was process of elimination. It had to be within the next year um, mm. or the next eight months or so. Otherwise, I wouldn't. I would have. The goal was too far away. I wouldn't do it. And um, you didn't go. I'll do a fifty k or I'll do a. Oh no! If I'm, I think I'm a one and done. Okay, I, I okay, don't know. So. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll change once I run this. But <laughs> I think if I run it, and I was like, if I run fifty, I think the back of in my mind, I'll be like, oh, maybe you could have run a hundred. But honestly, a hundred's insane. I don't think I need to do any more than that. Let's tick that box and see how it goes and enjoy the process of trying to get there. So you found 101. How did you find it? How did you find the gone nuts? Sorry, I didn't well, I interrupt. You. I haven't been to Tassie before and I also okay. wanted an excuse to be able to travel and get to Tassie. So I thought that would be my reward of going for a run and then having like a wicked holiday afterwards. Oh, I love it. And that is the right order that I like to do things as well. You do the hard thing first and then you have the reward. Yes. Oh, I've got the I've got it all planned out. It goes Good. like run outrageous indulgence and then slowly end up doing some more movement stuff again towards the end of the holiday. But there's gonna be a lot of wineries and food in between. <laughs> so are you coming by yourself or how is you? No, I've convinced my partner to uh run as well. So what? yeah. But he's uh he's annoyingly great at everything. So oh, he's taken to this. That. I know. I'm just unfortunately I love him, so I hate mm-hmm. him but love him at the same time. <laughs> uh yeah, he's uh he's running fine, loving it. Um yeah, he'll go great. Oh, and I'm wow. the one sort of, yeah. So at least I've got him and we're trying to convince some family to come over and help us with some support uh, to words of encouragement and kick up the butts when we need it, but we'll we'll see. So it sounds like you started running a year ago in my brain from what you've just said, basically a year and a half ago when you started doing your... The 5Ks, yeah. 5Ks, and then yeah. about April this year, I decided to run slightly further than that. So I've been building that up to to now. Yeah, I can't even remember what it was. It could have been even later. Sometime this year I started running a bit more. So what are you up to now? Uh, my long runs, uh, I'm try- Sarah's going to listen to this and she's going to she's gonna know if I haven't done it for a <laughs> uh, Maybe around 25 okay. to 30 is my long run. And yeah. then a whole bunch of other ones, you know, some slow ones, some hills, which don't exist in Broome, some uh, that some strength training, that sort of stuff. So, how, do you, how are you training for the hill? There is hills in this run. I'm sure you realise. Yes, uh, <laughs> there is one small hill to get to the bar at the golf club, and okay. uh, we just run up and down that one uh, continuously. Fair enough. <laughs> and a whole bunch of strength training, and see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, how, the program. How do? How are you? Are you have you set yourself a program? Has your friend Sarah set no, your program? No, so Sarah um is also a coach with Endurance Edge. So she's okay. um yeah. just sort of written me a 
I, I specifically gave her my goal of I want to survive. I don't mm. need to do well. I just need yeah. to survive and finish it. And also I would like to have some sort of enjoyment over the next few months. So I don't want to dedicate my life <laughs> to running. <laughs> so I think I've got a about as kind as a program can be to run 101Ks or 103. Oh, I love so it's that. a really long run, a bunch of strength training, a couple of easier runs, and then a, a hill or a hill and a, what do you call it? Like speed session. A speed session. Yep. Yeah. Tempo. Wow. Yeah, tempo. So, yeah, getting the lingo. I should probably no, have that thing. Not at all. I think you can say speed session as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just fine. Well, that is impressive. You are going to... Uh, you're going to do amazing things. I'm sure that you'll fall in love with running. Do you, are you yeah. finding now that you're falling in love with it? I'm loving the process. Okay. I I wouldn't say there's any point in my long runs that I've really enjoyed it yet. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy, like I still, we still do the social run club every Friday. So yeah. I, I enjoy that. There's a couple of, of the tempo sessions that have been a little bit more of my uh you know, muscle memory, what I used to do. So yeah. I enjoy those, but yeah, no, there, there are parts that I enjoy, but I don't, I don't seem to get this run as high that everyone talks about after they finish a run. I'm a sweaty mess on the floor, drinking Coke and eating chips. So it's not, it's a, I'm hoping that'll come. I'm, I'm guessing it's, it's like 80 degrees humidity up here and 30 something degrees when you're running. I have to get up at four. So I don't, that Die. was a question. Um, that was a question yeah. that's burning in my mind. It's like, how do you train for these kind of distances in conditions like you have in Broome? Yeah, so yeah, for four a.m. get ups for mm-hmm. a four thirty start, um, and then the the shorter runs I can do a bit later. The afternoons have actually been a bit cooler recently, so I've tried to do a few then. But yeah. it just wipes you for the whole day. Mm. It's I never got that from sprint training. You know, I might feel a bit lactic, um, a bit tired, but I would be fine and and maybe get a little bit of the runner's high afterwards. But, God, these runs, I need like four days to recover just from the heat. When you're running. I'm probably being a bit dramatic. (laughs) Are you listening to something when you're running? Uh, Probably my own mad thoughts. Um, No, I occasionally will listen to music. Most of the time it's just um, the ocean, bird song, whatever's um, yeah. going on around me. It's a very beautiful place. Like you you do get to run in what is quite a stunning environment up there. I agree. It's just the same. So once you do yeah. it once, like I so my, my long run is around the outside of the entire of Broome. And so now I just, yeah, there's no other, um, yeah, there's nothing else. There's no trail paths really. It's, yeah, beautiful cable beach, but that's, mm. Yeah, it can get a bit monotonous after a while. But I'm trying to find it. Yeah, part of the process is trying to find the beauty in the, um, I guess, in the same and that comfort in the discomfort as well, which mm. I'm enjoying the process of that. Yeah. What are you looking forward to most in the event itself? Oh, good question. Um, there's been a couple of times when I've been just running around town and you run past someone and they'll yell out like a woo, keep going or you'll get a random high five, which is just seems, I don't know. Yeah. Really weird. Cause I've never had you know, a hundred meter races over in That's 11 right. seconds or so. You know, you can't you. They're missing it. You're going too fast. Exactly. No <laughs> one's yelling at me. I can't, I don't feel that um, sense of, I guess, achievement maybe. And the it community. is, 
yeah community that's probably more the more the word so I've had a little bit of that and that might be only once a week one time on one run so I'm in my mind there's going to be moments of a lot of that community when I'm running and that kind of excites me and and Sarah my mate has talked about that that it's just the atmosphere is beautiful Mm -hmm. it's just people excited you're running with other people on trails um beautiful part of a world and yeah well yeah seeing Tassie as well is a is a huge thing being able to see 100 k's of it and spectacular 100 k's too yeah well I'm hoping it's I'm thinking there's gonna be a lot of night time for me so I'm hoping it's um I will still be able to see something (laughs) you'll have at least 6 a.m to at least I don't know (laughs) We're like seven thirty-eight by then, maybe. Well, what I don't, what I didn't get, I thought when I was reading the the race, they said the last twenty k is in is in this beautiful uh, private mm. land, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pitch black mm. by the time. Yes, so that has occurred to me also. Yeah, I I'm hoping that they allow it. You know, if I am still running, I can maybe run back. And no, that was why I'm not going to run back again. But maybe be able to see it again the next day or something. You can um, I mean. I only know, you know, what I can access as a, um, you know, just driving around, not going on the private land. So you can get an, a kind of an idea of what it's like in some of the roads you can access. But, yeah, I don't know. I wonder <laughs> if I'll be able to see through my tears when I'm running. I'm sure. In the dark with really – have yeah. a really good head torch. <laughs> yeah, I need to get one of those. Yeah. It's really bright. <laughs> so were you, you're practising in the dark up there now, I assume, if you're going out at four? Uh, 4.30 is getting lighter, so I haven't needed a head torch yet. And because broom can be a little bit unsafe at times, I'm kind of just running in the middle of the streets with the street lights. So I haven't needed a, um, haven't needed a torch yet. Um, and I'm guessing it's going to summer, so I'm probably not going to need one. But I should, what you're saying, I should probably do some night running. Cool. I'll add that to my list. It just would be, I mean, I'd add it to my list also. Um, just so it's not like a surprise, you know. So like, yeah, this is great. I'm getting lots of uh, head torch. Cool, write that down. <laughs> and of course, a backpack and think whether you want poles. You probably don't want poles because you're brand new. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm only learning poles. Mm. I don't think I was going to add poles to my list. I do mm. have the little vest thing that I feel quite yeah. professional in when I wear it. Sweet. Yeah, got that. Because you'll need the water up there even more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Litres and litres of it. Yeah, hopefully the weather will be good. They had a really crappy year one year, I don't think. I'm hoping it's a that. wild day of like 30-something degrees and everyone's going to fall over and I'm just going to zoom right through. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I hope it's – yeah, I did a run uh, when I was down in Perth, or actually down in Albany uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, man, this is easy. It was just a – it was fine. I had one water bottle. I cruised through it and I was like, okay, if this is the race, I'll be fine. But that's because it was 20 something degrees and a beautiful day and yeah, not whatever we've got up here. So if we have it cold and wet, how will I'll you cope with that? Yeah. <laughs> Years ago, an Australian won the Commonwealth Games, a, a woman won the marathon and I cannot remember her name. This is years ago, but I remember them doing a, an interview with her and asked her how she managed to train for it because the, I think it must have been in Malaysia, but it was really humid and and hot place to run the marathon. And she said in her um, kitchen she would run on a treadmill and put a whole bunch of pots on the stove and <laughs> have the and, the and steam going yeah, and the... emulate the humid conditions that way. So I'm just thinking, how could you do that in broom and emulate potentially wild, woolly, cold? 
crank up the aircon, turn mm-hmm. a fan, have someone, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to hope that it's, I think I'm going to be uncomfortable in any condition so I'll just I think we're going to be uncomfortable yeah try and find some beauty in it and just go for it would will you be surprised if you get to the end and and start looking around for the next one you want to sign up for the next trail run ultra trail run I don't know I I don't think it will be immediate sign up Mm -hmm. Um, although I am going it will be going into dry season so it is a much nicer time to run and train in yeah broom look I don't think it's as wild of a thought as what it was maybe a few months ago when I signed up I don't think I'm going to be one of those people that then says I'm doing a hundred miler because that's actually mad so (laughs) I don't think it'll go that next step but you never know I'm not saying it I'm not saying a no but maybe it'll be another a goal because I guess that was one of the other reasons I did sign up for a running race is that I haven't had a goal for a while um and like you know I haven't had a hadn't had a work goal I hadn't had a running goal I hadn't Mm -hmm. had any sort of goal um so I'm really enjoying that like setting myself a Mm -hmm. a target and working towards it so it might not be a running goal it might be something totally different yeah but But I think I would say you've you've acknowledged in yourself like it's already been a gift for you in that way because you've acknowledged that having a goal is really helpful for you when it comes to moving through your life in like with purpose? Yeah, I think like I, heading in a I definitely had a lack of purpose for mm. a while and because I'd moved around so much and it's really easy to get a job as a physio, mm. I'd kind of rock up at a place, be like, oh, I need a job. Oh, they're needing a physio and just start it. And, and they were okay, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't working towards that particular job or I wasn't, you know, aiming to do this in particular. And, and since the surf club has become I, I sort of do that more socially now versus competitively mm. I haven't even had a goal of you know trying to make the, the team or trying to um you know do well at this competition that's sort of fallen away over the last five years and I think mm. I did lose a bit of direction in that in that time as well or maybe it's just coming into your 30s as well you're sort of like who am I what am I doing I don't know <laughs> well there's little personal crisis yeah that's it it's not a midlife crisis it's a 30 life crisis it's all right you probably have one every decade just to yeah okay yeah good to look forward to that's right well I think it makes life interesting which is kind of cool yeah absolutely Um, all right I think we've got a little handle on who Anna is and and (laughs) what she's doing here and what she hopes to get out of this race and why you signed up in the first place is there anything about the race that you wanted to share that we haven't really touched on that you wanted to talk about before we move on from our intro? Oh, uh, no, I just think I have to b- give big shout outs to Sarah and her partner Barton for kicking me out the butt with the goal in the first place. Um, and I did say it was a book that also helped, yeah. which was yeah recommended by Sarah's partner, which was the Born to Run and um, yep. I want to say by Chris- Christopher, Christopher McDougall. Or Mc- McDougall, yeah. <laughs> and I think that was a big change as well, uh, which was where they don't run for a, so much for a goal. They run mm. for community and for the love of running and movement. And when I ever have run before, even when it was sprinting, it was for to win a race or mm. to, um, or even when I randomly would run for even last year when I was running those five Ks, it was sort of, Oh, I've got to do it to be fit, got to do it to, mm. I don't know. It wasn't just running for the, 
the joy, joy of, of moving your body and mm. that is something that I'm I think I'm getting glimpses of, of it as I'm mm. running and more so than I've, well, I've never experienced that before so I'm definitely getting glimpses of that since starting this training and I'm hoping that's just going to keep keep rolling so running for the for the joy of running and not for a for a goal I imagine as a physio if you can work out how to tap that tap into that for yourself that would be an amazing gift for you to be able to pass on to all of your clients as you go forward not necessarily running like insisting that they all run in order to get to know their bodies but (laughs) but more you know that that love of movement whether that is just learning how to move your hand again and things like that but just the pure joy of movement yeah I think that and I and as much as I have moved away from that private practice that I was doing I do hope that I find that that passion again of helping people Mm find their own passion of um or finding their own motivation to to do their rehab but yeah that would mm. yeah and whether that's I can find that through running it's yeah it's exciting to work it out love it I love it Anna has started running by running 101 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. okay um, yeah. there was um I often in the podcast one of the standard questions I ask people is um you know, how long do they think they'll run for and do they already call themselves a runner? You know, because sort of identity questions. I don't know uh, yeah, whether they're I, relevant to you at the moment. Oh. No, well, I just think I don't I don't know if anyone can call themselves a runner because I think everyone's a runner. It's just variations of how far you go and sure everyone runs at some point to catch a bus or to, you know, and then some people choose to run 101Ks. But, yeah, I know I don't identify as a as a runner, but I don't think I ever ever will either yeah, yeah. so you often what was the other part of the question well often we work around to I guess it's a point of some of that the those questions for me in in the main podcast where I interview people in more depth about their running is to do with if you identify as a runner and some of those people I'm sure you've seen come and go in your practice in the past whether it's a runner or some other kind of sport and then it gets taken away from you for some reason whether it's some kind of permanent injury that you've had or just something you don't finish the race or or you can't do it for a while and and we see it in the media with elite athletes when they can't do whatever their sport is that identifies them as who they are and almost the only thing that they are Mm. so it's that working out okay yes I'm a runner but am I a runner because I love to move like maybe my identity is you know I just love movement I love exercise or I love you know whatever it is or being healthy or um so it's kind of work on that a bit but the extension of the question was you know how long you think you're going to run for in your life (laughs) but is different. I think I will be doing movement until I hopefully stroke out at the age of 101 uh I'll be doing some form of movement whether that's running but it will be yeah exercise in some capacity but for the love of moving your body and experiencing and being able to yeah have the privilege of being able to do those things yeah yeah whether it's running or some other thing yeah is it really some other thing as long as it's moving it's a, it's it. also your yeah. job, so you need to be out there moving. I know, yeah, it's no escape. <laughs> You're an example. You need to be an example. Yeah. Whatever it is. All right, Anna, it has been an absolute delight to talk to you from so far away in what I think is a beautiful place. We had an amazing time there when we were there. It is. People should come and visit, but Love maybe not this time of year. <laughs> we actually might get to co- come up there. We've got friends who are sailing right around Australia next year and oh. they have invited us to come on a bit of it. It might be. The Townsville to Darwin, or it could be Darwin to Brick. 
So might end yeah. up back in the group. Yeah. That would be so good. Anyway. All right. It's going to be so good to talk to you again in a month's time. I'm looking forward to seeing how your training's going at that point and how you're feeling about it and how much you're falling in love with running. That will be Anna's story. Absolutely. Falling yeah. in love with running. <laughs> Working out why she's doing that all. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing all of that stuff with us. It's been so much fun. And I am looking forward to talking to you again in, uh, in a few weeks' time. Sounds great. Thank you. And just like that, we're off to a running start. A huge thank you to our courageous runners for sharing their stories. And to you, our listeners, for joining us on this epic adventure. Remember, it's not just about the finish line. It's about the journey the community and the moments of clarity along the way. Keep rooting for our runners and tune in for their regular monthly check-ins to see how their training is unfolding. And if you're enjoying this series, we'd love to hear from you. Why not leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends? Let's all go a little nuts together.